Okay, so if you've got a Bible, go to Romans chapter 1. If you don't have one, there's probably a Bible somewhere around you that you can grab and you can jump in Romans chapter 1. But I want you guys tonight, just for a moment, to imagine those that are believers in here, those that, are ha- that have, a, um, have been bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, those that have been redeemed and, and reconciled. Imagine for just a moment that you, have, you are slated to stand in front of on September 10th. 2001, you were slated to speak on the 103rd floor of tower number one of the Twin Towers. And you're going to talk, you're, you're supposed to talk about what it looks like to make millions of dollars. Is that what you're going to do? Or are you going to speak on how to be an effective leader? Are you going to talk about how to be, have a good retirement fund? Are you going to talk about what it looks like to be able to um, make make your golden years count? Or are you going to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ? And I know in rooms like this you say, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, Caleb. Of course I would stand on September 10th on the 103rd floor of Tower Number 1 and I would tell them, absolutely, you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to trust Him. You need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were in there on September 10th, you say, I, I know that's what I'd do. Well, of course you would because you're hindsight. But the question is, would you do that if you didn't know what tomorrow brought? Would you do that if you didn't know what tomorrow brought? Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 say, Look carefully then how you walk, not as an unwise man, but as a wise man, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. We live in a world that is evil right now. Amen. We live in a world that is a shameful world. We live in a world that engages and practices in shameful behavior and evil behavior. And we, you and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been called by God to be salt and light to a dark and dying world that is in desperate need of redemption. And the only thing that's going to change that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to use every opportunity that we have to do what God's called us as believers. I'm speaking to believers tonight. If you're not a believer here, I'm praying that God will do a work in your heart. You will repent and believe the gospel tonight. But those that are in Christ tonight, I'm speaking to you because we need to do what God's called us to do. Because today very well could be our September 10th could, could very well be. You see, like I, I know we just talked about Ukraine and there's a war that's now raging in Europe and it's expanding and China's doing some crazy stuff now and it looks tumultuous. But I'm going to tell you at this very moment, there is a battle that's happening in this very room. The battle is for your heart, for your allegiances and for your affections, brothers and sisters in Christ. And the enemy, Satan, does not care how he gets you as long as he gets you. And, I, and I, on the other side, of that, Christ is here and he is calling, effectually calling, and, and has abundant life to present and give for those that are in him. And the war between, listen, there's the, the evil one, Satan, 
and God. There's a war between the two. Satan hates God. He wants to be God. That was the problem. Satan wanted to be God. He said, I will ascend to the most high. I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be worshipped. He wants to be worshipped. And Christ, who rightfully deserves that title, stands ready at this very moment to provide life and life more abundantly. But here's, here's, here's the thing. This is what Satan doesn't want you to know. He does not want you to believe. He does not want you to believe that the war is real. He wants to keep you distracted from the goal of presenting and preaching and teaching the gospel to those that are in your sphere of influence. He wants to keep you distracted with the cares and the worries and the things of this world. And, and I, I, I told this to my friend. I did not, this is not my phrase that I coined. My father said this. Um, but I said it on a road trip with my friend Ryan last Saturday. And I told him, I said, here's the thing. The enemy might be distracting you with good things. Because there's nothing wrong with certain things in the world. There's a lot of good things that are in the world. A lot of good things. But a good thing, when it replaces the best thing, it becomes evil. And so today what I want to do is I want to try to show you from God's word what an unashamed church looks like. And what we are to do, even though there's a culture of shame that we live in, I want us to look in God's word tonight at what, a unash what an unashamed church looks like. And so we're going to start in Romans chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 8. Romans chapter 1, verse 8. That's where we're going to begin. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because... Your faith is being proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you, always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I want you to know, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but I thus far have been prevented. And others, in another, in, I'm sorry, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation, both to the Greek and to the barbarian, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. For I am on, this is the, the one that's got the most publicity out there, verse 16, for I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first, then every, and then for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. This is the word of the Lord today. In, in Rome, we start in verse 8 here. 
we see something's happened. Paul addresses and he says, first thing, I thank God through Jesus Christ for all of it because why? Because your faith is being proclaimed in all the world. Sometimes something big is happening in the church in Rome because the word has reached Paul's ear and, and what they're doing is reached not just Paul, but there's several people that have re- that, that word has been, they've heard that the faith of this church is absolutely stunning. And they're, they're pursuing God in such a way that, man, I, I see and I hear that, that things are going incredible there. And, and I hear your faith is being proclaimed in all the world. Not just in Rome, but it's everywhere in the known world. This is being proclaimed. Their faithfulness to the gospel of Jesus is being talked about by everyone. And when a church stands firm on God's word, folks will take notice. Now, I know we live in a fallen world, and it's not always going to be a pleasurable experience when you stand up for biblical truth. When you and I stand up for biblical truth, the world is going to bristle a little bit. But those that are in Christ, they're going to applaud this. They're going to be excited. And those that are outside of Christ, God's going to call and and redeem and reconcile through the preaching of the gospel. And so the world is going to take notice. When the church actually stands for gospel-centered righteousness, the culture cannot help but see a difference in a church that stands up for biblical truth. Amen? Got a couple amens. All right, well... Like David said, we need to get, this is, I'm okay with interaction here. My hope is that what we're doing here tonight, listen, I said this a couple of weeks ago from the pulpit in here, I long to see revival in this community. I long to see God do a mighty and powerful work in this community, but it, the only way that's going to happen is Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If I get up here and tell you a fun story, and it's not focused anywhere on the word of God that's not a sermon if I get up and I and I sing and dance and I if I do that that's you that's not going to do anything for you might entertain you but there's a lot of churches that are doing that a lot of churches are entertaining people into the pits of hell and what we need desperately in 2022 is we need men who stand behind this pulpit and say thus saith the Lord about all issues in the world amen that's what we need my my hope is that what we're doing here tonight will be a catalyst to shift the culture in this town that's my hope Jesus took 12 men and here we are Jesus took 12 well 11 I know But hey, one of those, that, that 12th guy still was used for God's glory. What not to do? <laughs> what not to do? Um, but he took 12 men and look at where that word has traveled across the ocean. And in Cedarville, Kansas, you get to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's my hope is that we would have a cultural shift tonight. That we would have a mindset that changes from this is what I thought about the Bible to this is what the Bible actually says. So the first thing you're going to see is an unashamed church. An unashamed church is faithful to proclaim the gospel. Next, verse 9 through 12. An unashamed church will long to pray for one another, and we will want to encourage one another. What's the text saying? 
For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I mention you. I always always in my prayers asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is to say that we might be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. An unashamed church will long to pray for one another. It will long to encourage one another. We, we live in a church culture that talks big, but when it comes to actually living this out, we fall short. Hey, listen, I'm going to... How can I pray for you tonight? Oh, you know, you can pray for me this way, this way. All right, you know, I'm going to do that. And then we get home, put the kids to bed, check our social media, get something to eat, play around. Oh, man, I'm tired. What did you say you were going to do? You said you were going to pray for sister so-and-so. You said you were going to pray for brother so-and-so. Hey, I'm going to pray for you. And then we don't do it. Instead of saying, I'm going to pray for you, let's change our direction and start saying, how can I pray for you right now? And then they tell you, let's pray. I've told you the story. I do that in Walmart. Makes the cashiers completely freak out. Love it. It's the best thing ever. How can I pray for you? Well, you know, I'm going through some struggles. Let me just pray. And their name's right there, so I know their name. (laughs) Well, let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you'd be with sister. It's easy. How, how can I pray for you? How can, I, how can I help you? How can I come alongside you? I told you that, that uh, if you guys have not been here before, there's several that are not here, but there was a guy named Roger for years. That's how I started a relationship with that guy in Walmart. And Roger... One day, we're in the middle center aisle of Walmart, this giant aisle. Roger comes running to me in plain non-work clothes and grabs me around the neck, weeping and talking about how his wife had died. And we prayed in the middle of the aisle and just, I mean, he almost collapsed. And it just, he and I just prayed and prayed. Like two weeks ago, I was actually shopping in there in Walmart. It's a regular occurrence for me. But uh, saw Roger again, and I didn't have a beard last time I talked to him, or at least like this. And he, you could see his head cocked sideways. I said, Roger! He goes, Caleb? Yeah. What? Nora gave me a big hug. He said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing well, brother. I'm doing well. How are things going? He goes, man, I am just, I'm doing okay. I had a bout with COVID, and I had all these things happen in my life. And I said, man, I am so sorry to hear that. I'm just, I'm hoping that, that, that God encourages you continues to work in your heart and your life. And it started by just having a simple idea. An unashamed church, an unashamed Christian is going to be willing to pray for those that are around him. What's stopping us from doing this? What's stopping us from saying, how can I pray for you? Like, what would it look like if we prayed for... I know it's going to freak people out at the beginning, but what if you're in the grocery store tomorrow? Actually, it's closed tomorrow. Well, you know, it's open. It's Saturday. I keep thinking today's Saturday. I don't know. It's going to be open tomorrow. What will happen if you're in the grocery store tomorrow and somebody walks up to you and you 
say to yourself, listen, um, how can I pray for you that you know? And they're going to, listen, most people are going to tell you how you can, they're going to tell you. How can I pray for you? Well, this is going on. They'll give you a list. What would it look like if you just stopped? You said, well, Caleb, I'll probably mess up. You probably will. You're probably going to say the wrong words, but that's okay because it's Christ that is to be exalted. It doesn't matter about your words. It's Christ that's exalted. Just be obedient. Be available. Say, okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd be with Chuck's arm. Whatever it is, you'd bless him, that you'd convict him, that you'd draw him close to you. Amen. 25 seconds out of your day. Be just a different thing. And you and every one of us in this room have a circle of influence. Every one of us interact with people on a different level every single week. That I, you, I interact with people that you don't interact with. You interact with people that I don't interact with. We all have a part to play. And Paul encourages us in the text here that... He wanted to be close to these people and just said, listen, as I, I pray for you every single day, I, I, don't want to, I, don't, I don't miss an opportunity to mention you in my prayers. And I can't wait that I can get to be where you are so that I can impart some sort of a spiritual gift to you and you can do that to me and we can mutually encourage one another. Wow, what, a, what, a, what an incredible thing that could be, amen? That could be an incredible thing. You see... It, it, if you look at and keep going to verse 13, I want you to know, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus have been prevented. Now, his, he's been prevented for a, different, a myriad of different reasons. But let me ask you the personal question here. What's preventing you now from being obedient to what God's called you to do? Well, Caleb, people might mock me. People might make fun of me. Okay. And? I might mess up. And? I don't know what to do. Do you know how to talk? Yeah? Then, then do it. Then just do it. Don't be afraid. Now look at this. Here's, this is how Paul knew what he was supposed to do. Look at verse 14 and 15. I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. He understood. Paul understood who he was. If you've been in there in this church for any amount of time, we've talked about Paul often. That guy was not a seeker-sensitive guy. He was not a guy that was looking for Jesus. Not in the way that we think. He's looking for a way to stamp him out. But he wasn't looking for a way to come in and just give him a big cuddly hug. He was looking for a way to stamp him out. And Paul had an obligation to stand up for the gospel. Paul understood where he had come from and who he was. And he was ready to obey and follow Jesus no matter the cost. And let me tell you, your sin is just as egregious as Paul's was. But here's the beautiful thing, that the blood of Christ is just as magnificent and can cover a multitude of sins, just like it covered Paul's sins. 
Repent and believe. Paul understood where he came from, so he said, I have an obligation. I have an obligation to do this. I, have an, I'm un, I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both the wise and the foolish. This is everybody. I have an obligation to preach the gospel to everyone. Spurgeon said, I, I wish we knew who the elect were. I'd, if I'd paint an X on their back and I would only preach to them. So because I don't know who they are, I preach to everyone. I preached to everyone. Paul, he didn't know. Listen, I'm under obligation. I preached to everybody. God does the call. Listen, Caleb Gordon cannot save you. Zach Costello, David Gordon, Adrian Rogers, John MacArthur, none of those men can save anyone. I could barely save my dogs. Much less a human being. I can't do it, but you know who does do it? It's Jesus that does the saving. Paul understood this and he had an obligation to preach to the masses. Well, Caleb, it's not my gift to preach. Okay, I'm not calling you to be a preacher, but I am calling you to be a disciple. And a disciple makes more disciples. And you do that in a small environment. It's one-on-one. Having a relationship with people that you know. Hey, let me tell you about who Jesus is. What, how do I do that, Caleb? Share the word that you know and share your testimony. Who did, how did Jesus get a hold of you? That's the reason I had David stand here. Very simple expression of faith. What happened? I understood. I heard the word preached. I knew that I was a sinner. And I asked God to forgive me. I was a mess. And now I've been redeemed. How many in the room were a mess? How many of us are still a little bit of a mess? Just checking. Just checking. But this is our mandate. This is the mandate from the word of God that that we do this as well. No matter what happens, wherever it takes us, an unashamed church will share the gospel of Jesus Christ, period. The gospel is what we share. That's it. That's it. We're eager to preach to those that are around us. And then we'll look at these last couple of verses, the the famous two here. I am unashamed, for I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. For it is the righteousness of God that is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. Faith. This is why Paul, in verse 16 and 17, I think he, I feel like he's doing it. He may have maybe cleared his throat here. <clears throat> Just to make sure I'm clear here. I am unashamed of the gospel. I'm unashamed. I'm unashamed. I'm not afraid. I know that this message has power. I know that this message has the ability to transform and change and and reconcile and redeem lives. This message has the ability to bring the dead back to life. Amen? It it does. So Caleb, I was was alive for years before I was a Christian. What do you mean? I'm talking about your spirit. You were born minus God. God. When you came, there's no such thing as innocent babies. I know that we like to think they are, but man, listen, at two in the morning when they're screaming, depravity on display. Can I get an amen from all the parents and grandparents in the room? 
It's all about me. It's depravity on display. You were born minus God. There's no such thing as innocence when you were born. You were born minus God. And what has to happen is there has to, there's a powerful word that is called the gospel that penetrates hearts. I don't know how God does it, but I know that he does it. I don't know all the nuances and ins and outs, but I know that through the power of God's word, he penetrates through the bone and marrow and strikes the heart in just the right way and redeems mankind. He redeems men and women. How does he do it? Because he's God. He's powerful. He can do what he wants. He talked through a donkey. He's been talking through him ever since. Just saying. You're looking at one. <laughs> the righteousness of God is real from faith to faith. So therefore, the justified shall live by faith. Those that are justified before God. Those that are set apart before God. What does Romans chapter 5 tell us? Look at this. Romans 5 says, Therefore, verse 1, 5, 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which now we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The hope that Christ is redeeming, the hope that Christ is going to come again and, and bring us to himself. The righteousness of God. It's revealed through the Word of God, and that the just the justified and the righteous will live by faith. I want to ask a question tonight as I bring this to a close here. I, I want to ask you as a question: When's the last time that you had faith that marveled the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, "Wait a minute, Caleb, that sounds a little blasphemous." How, what do you mean by that faith that that marvels Jesus? There's a story in Luke chapter seven, and, and it's about a centurion soldier. And he understood what it meant to live by faith. He was not afraid to walk in this idea of living by faith because he, because of, and because of that fact in Luke chapter 7 verses 6 through 9, it says that this faith marvels Jesus. I'm going to read it just so you know. And Jesus went with him when he was not far from the house. The centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come to under my roof. Now, if you know the backstory, he's there's one of his servants is sick, and he's he's gone to go get Jesus to, to, to heal his sick servant. There in verse 7 says, Therefore, I do not presume to come to you, but just say the word and let my servant be healed, for I am to a man set under authority with soldiers under me and I say to one go and the other one he goes and to another I say come and he comes and to my servants I say do this and he does it verse 9 and when Jesus heard these things he marveled at him turning to the crowd now what's even better is this is a Gentile he's, this, is a, this is a Gentile centurion soldier he's a Gentile he turns to his people the Jews and he says I tell you, not even in Israel have I found faith such as this. Listen, we as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ 
are called to live boldly in our faith. We are called to have faith that is going to marvel not only the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's going to marvel the world around us. We're called to live radically for the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, radical in our mindset would not be radical in this day. Those that follow the Lord Jesus Christ in this day, they would be doing things that we would consider, that's crazy. Wow, what? We're called to live radically. We're not called to be quiet. We're called to rock the boat if necessary. Why? So that men and women would come to know who Jesus is. That we would would see the gospel proclaimed. The goal of the Christian life is, is to glorify God and to spread the gospel. That's our goal. A.W. Tozer said, the most critical need of the church at this moment is men. The right kind of men. Bold men. Men who are free. If we believe this message, we need to declare it. We declare all kinds of things that we're unashamed. We talk, oh, I'm afraid to talk to people. No, you're not. Because I guarantee you're going to talk to somebody about your next vacation. Where, where did you go? Where did you go on your? Hey, listen, like we're going to Colorado in June. I've been pumping that thing up for weeks, talking to people. I've been showing, you know, how I grab my phone out, I start showing pictures to people. This is where we're going. Look at this. We're driving this. Look, 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 look at this. Look, 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 look. We're so excited about those things that are temporary. Those are good things. Going on vacation is a good thing. Everybody like to go on vacation every once in a while? Those are good, right? Fantastic. We love that. Those are good things. But man, sometimes what we can do is we can replace the best thing with a good thing. And we start to talk about things that really aren't going to matter in 10,000 years. Is it going to matter in 10,000 years that I go to Colorado? Does it matter in 10,000 years that I got to go to Disney World once? But man, my Facebook page has got a billion pictures of that. When's the last time we shared a scripture to those that are follow us online? Oh, I don't want to do that. They might think I'm a Bible thumper. Well, good. We need more Bible thumpers. Let's go. It's time for us to stand up. C.S. Lewis once wrote, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. Listen to this. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are way too easily pleased and we love this world it is a flashy it's a flash in the pan and one of the the last illustration that I'll give you is, is man what happens is the enemy we have been deceived by counterfeits and what we've been what we've done is we've had these counterfeits thrown at us that look real And what we're doing is we're trading eternal blessings for temporary pleasures. 
We're, we're trading eternal blessings for temporary pleasures. And man, the house that we live in, man, it's burning all around us. And what we're doing is we're like babies in a crib watching the mobile. Whoa. Noah had one. All my kids had those. You know, you know what I'm talking about? The crib with the crazy looking, dangly, crazy looking animals. It plays that horrible song. Ding, 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 ding. It sounds like just terrifying. You heard it in the middle of the night. Just, huh. But man, babies, they see that. Just like, wow. Look at that thing go. Oh, look, it's the giraffe again. <laughs> oh, again, there it is. And we're so excited over some of the silliest things. We're just, oh, our hearts are stirred for some things that aren't really meaningful. And what our hearts need to be stirred for is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if our hearts are stirred for that, then it's gonna, it, sh- it will cause us to go out further into the world in which we live and actually stand for the gospel and not just, eh, we'll stand for the gospel and be bold for the gospel in the places we go. Let's, let's not be easily pleased. Let's not be like ignorant children that are playing with mud pies. How many of you guys ever made mud pies when you were kids? A couple of you? I played in mud. And my brother, if he gets the right vehicle, he'll go play in the mud still today. But man, what do we do? We, we're, we're, we're playing with this stuff. And the Lord is calling us into something so much better. So much more grandiose. So much more beautiful. And my hope is that tonight... What we'd do is we'd find Christ to be sufficient and our hearts would be stirred towards Him. And we would be a church and we would be believers that are unashamed of the gospel. And as a result of being unashamed of the gospel, we would stand boldly and proclaim to the masses, this is what Jesus says. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be able to stand here and proclaim your word. God, I know that I don't deserve to be able to stand here. Outside of your grace and your mercy, I don't deserve it. God, help us in these last few moments that we have together. As Zach comes here in just a minute, you just speak through him. Guard and protect him, Father. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay.